Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Tuesday, and that means we welcome our friend Justin Brown to the studio, founder and CEO of Hillvets. Justin, how are you today? I'm fantastic. It's National Cookie Day. That's a non sequitur that I wasn't expecting. Okay. <laughs> well, we had cookies last night for dessert, me and my son. So, so you were I guess celebrating we were, early. Yeah, we were ahead of the power curve. We yeah. were living on a European time. Yeah. Because it. it was probably like 1 a.m. Yeah, when we were I'm, I'm a little tired, a little jet lag. Yeah, but. you are a world traveler traveling around uh, the nation. You were in Arizona, actually, and we'll talk about that first. Not just because he's a fancy man that likes to do fancy things like climb up Camelback, that big mountain outside of Phoenix, but you were actually in Phoenix, Arizona, and most times that you go any place, it's related to the veteran community and something going on within the veteran community. This one in particular is one that uh, I really liked hearing about it coming into fruition because I had talked to the man behind it months ago, and he talked about how they were working on it, and now... It's a thing, and that is Boulder Crest Retreat West, essentially, out in Arizona. You went out for the grand opening. How was it? You, you got it. It was fantastic. And in fact, uh, the the folks from uh, the, the cast of Tombstone, the guys that reenact Tombstone in Tombstone, Arizona, oh, I were like even Kevin Costner and those guys. No, they were. They looked pretty good. Doc yeah. Holliday. <laughs> Doc Holliday looked pretty good. They probably look more like the Western folk from Tombstone than Kevin Costner. Yeah, did. no, they were. They were good. I was waiting for that. I'm your Huckleberry line. I didn't do it very good, but. You know, it was it was it was incredible and uh, just an an amazing turnout. Uh, hundreds of folks there on hand. Uh, they had some folks skydiving in for the grand opening of this 100 plus acre facility uh, out there in Arizona, which is uh, Boulder Crest Retreat, Arizona, and and just very excited to see that program continue to grow and do great things for veterans. It has a six month waiting list right now because wow. of you know they they only have the one facility. Uh, well, did have the one facility in Virginia operating. Now they have two. And uh, so hopefully that helps with some of the backlog in terms of uh, the programming that they're doing there, uh, helping veterans. Yeah, I got to visit their facility in Virginia. I just drove out there after work one day. They invited me out, and I got to take a walk around with Dusty Baxley. He's one of the guys running yep. things out there. Uh, kind of Ken Falk, the founder's right-hand man, uh, former Army Ranger. And he showed me around and told me what it was all about. And it is uh, an absolutely wonderful place. And to know that there's now a second one uh, out west, out in Arizona, I'm sure it's a little bit different than the beautiful spread at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains, uh, but it's going to be an amazing place, I, I imagine, as well. So did you get a chance to see the facility out there? I mean, the one in Virginia has that kind of woodsy feel to it, the way they set it up. I imagine this one has more of a uh, a deserty feel to it, if yeah, that's no, the word. You, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, so it's it's south of Tucson, and <laughs> outside of a small town called Sonoida, and it's actually situated on 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 some land, I guess, uh, where uh, some pretty notable uh, Indians uh, had some long drawn out wars. So the the ground itself is pretty sac sacred to Indian warriors, and uh, <laughs> the 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 facilities there and they're already building and putting in a number of things to you know like like you said you've been to the Virginia facility they've got cabins yeah uh, so they're working on 
uh, some living space for some of the veterans there. But there is already a, a lot going on there, and 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 it's it's a very ranch feel. Um, you know, there were some 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 uh, uh, people are going to give me a hard time for this, but some Longhorn cattle there. You know, they just had really big. I, I was thinking Texas. I thought they were only in Texas. Apparently, there are some in Arizona too. Oh well, you learn something new every day. I'm from Connecticut. We like. We have cows up there, but not many, so I don't know the difference. Uh, but yeah, very cool that they're doing that. But now you got you have a good excuse to get out to Arizona, and uh, yeah. just let me know when you're going again. I'll go with out you. In that warm. Yeah, I'm not climbing Camelback. We'll Mountain go do Camelback, no, man. No. Come on, not unless day. you bring one of them flying squirrel suits that the people wear. That was my suggestion. You know, it was. You go mountain climbing, you better bring one of those wingsuits so that if you get stuck, you just whoo, like Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. You yeah. just fly. We'll get you a squirrel suit. I'll take the rope. Yeah, I don't know if I want to try one of those squirrel suits. That's that's those people are crazy. You just, just recommend it. Yeah, you don't I recommend want to it for other people. I don't want to do it. I just want other. I want to watch other people do it. Like, look at that idiot. Look at him flying off the mountain. <laughs> uh, look at him going into. Wow, that was a bad choice. All right. So, um, and speaking of which, uh, this is uh, uh, just a tangential tie. I am on a big Western kick right now because I just finished the series Godless on Netflix yeah. last night. I'm watching that too. Oh, I watched the last episode last night. Uh, I believe that's all there's going to be is the seven episodes of it. Doesn't make sense that they would do anything more of it. It is a fantastic show. And when you think about the fact that Jeff Daniels, who's the bad guy in the show, is the <laughs> same person who played, uh, was it Lloyd in Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> right, right. Oh my right. God. That's just, it's unsettling that someone has the ability to pretend to be two different people like that. I don't particularly go for Hollywood awards, but uh, give Jeff Daniels all the awards for his work in Godless. And give Justin Brown, the founder and CEO of Hillvets, awards for following what's going on on Capitol Hill because I think normally it's probably a difficult thing to do in this day and age, even more so. And we've got some very interesting hearings coming up on issues facing the vetting veteran community, including the Senate HELP hearing, and I believe the HELP is an acronym there, but tell us a little bit about that hearing, Justin. Yeah, you bet. And Bouldercrest is uh, kind of a perfect segue into this situation, but uh, very interesting hearings uh, uh, on both the Senate HELP uh, Committee, uh, which is Health, Education, Labor, and then you have the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on Labor, Health, Human Services, uh, discussing opioid, the opioid e- epidemic. But what is interesting is that more and more you are starting to see on Capitol Hill uh, committees that normally are not dealing with veterans' issues uh, addressing topic issues of concern that are just drastically affecting the veteran population. Opioid mm. addiction, uh, all the things that we know about VA and overprescription of, of, of opioids over a number of years and how that's really racked the veteran community across the nation, as well as, 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 as just general mental health care breakdowns in the civilian sector. I mean, there is a dramatic uh, challenge that we as a nation are facing in terms of a mental health care shortage and how we're treating mental health care. And then you compact that with uh, the opioid yeah. epidemic that's just plaguing the nation. And, and so number of interesting hearing, hearings uh, that are coming up. They're not specifically addressed towards veterans, but they probably over-proportionately affect the veteran population. So we expect to hear uh, about that in the weeks to come uh, on, uh, in the Senate. Yeah, and there are only a few weeks to come before the end of this legislative year. Hard to believe, man. 2017 is almost over. We're like three and a half weeks away from New Year's. Uh, but yeah, there's like- a 
No, go ahead. No, you you were saying something. Yeah, I was was going to say, you know, uh, probably like I think December 18th and the president can claim victory on draining the swamp because everybody leaves. There you go. Everybody gets out of here. (laughs) And that's what it was all about, you know? Yeah. Lawmakers also looking to uh, settle on a budget, basically, and they have to do that not by the end of the year, but by the end of this week to avoid the possibility of a shutdown. Not to avoid a shutdown, but to avoid the possibility of a shutdown. Things need to be taken care of this week. So a lot of questions that people have about that. One, what's the likelihood that that gets settled this week? It seems like, well, when you look at the budget on a grand scheme and a large scale, it hasn't been settled for a very, very, very long time and never really is. But what are we looking at now as for as far as avoiding a shutdown? Yeah, this is the proverbial kicking the can down the road, right? It seems like every other week we're we're having this discussion, which is unfortunate. I mean, Congress does have a job; it's to pass a budget. Yeah, <laughs> just never seems to happen. I don't care which party it is. Um, you know what we have here is is I'm sure you remember the president's tweets uh, last week. Uh, he was coming to the hill. In fact, we were discussing this. He was coming to the hill. I uh, was going to meet with the leader, congressional leadership. Uh, yeah, yeah, old Chucky and Nancy up there. Chuck uh, Schumer, who spoke at my college graduation, was not scheduled, but heard there were going to be cameras there, so he showed up <laughs> and got on stage. I was going to give you a hard time and say we're must have been cameras. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, President Trump obviously uh, preempted these these meetings with a tweet that was not viewed favorably. Uh, the Democrats pulled out of that meeting, and, and frankly, it's put the entire system into a difficult situation and that, you know, if they do want to pass a budget, it's looking like more and more that, uh, or at least a, a temporary stopgap that they're going to have to pull together the votes themselves. They being the Republicans in terms of passing, uh, something to continue funding the government. Usually what ends up happening is there, there ends up being some form of a short top or, or short gap measure that will again, kick the can down the road. So, going to be very interesting to watch uh, what happens. Uh, VA tends to be fortunate in these situations in that uh, they do have advanced appropriations, meaning that uh, we tend to fund VA's at least healthcare accounts uh, up to two years in advance. So usually these these temporary measures uh, at least don't affect the VA community as much, but that's not true of all VA budgets. So things such as uh, veterans benefits, uh, the administration over at the VA, those types of offices tend to be affected by these budget, uh, by these uh, government closures. Absolutely does. And, uh, you know, not liking a tweet is one thing and then not going to a meeting over something that could avoid a government shutdown. That was not a good look. That that did not look very good. I'm sure there were some people who were like, yeah, good. You shouldn't be meeting with him. You got a job to do. You got to do it. That's how a lot of people viewed it, including myself. And listen, Chuck and I go way back to the Hofstra University graduation where uh, New York Lieutenant Governor Hockley was supposed to be speaking, or Hockule, I think her name is, and uh, Chuck showed up and <laughs> jumped in front of her on stage and kind of hijacked the microphone. That stuff sure. does happen, but you know the, they got to get it done. We don't want this shut down. We've already got sequestration in progress that's still going on, basically, right? sequestration has never gone away government shutdown on top of that that affects the veteran community it affects the uh, retirees who still work for the government it affects the active duty military it's a bad deal for everybody taking a look at our next item of interest as we talk with the ceo and founder of hill vets justin brown senate veterans affairs committee 
They uh, took a look at their uh, VA healthcare overhaul idea, and apparently they passed uh, their version of it, right? That's correct. Uh, Senate Veterans Affairs approves a three, this yeah, three point four billion dollar federally funded VA healthcare overhaul last week, and uh, the cost of the measure is fifty four billion dollars with the B over five years. Mm. Uh, passed with a thirteen to one vote, with one senator uh, abstaining, and that was Senator Jerry Moran. He opposed the idea, voiced concerns that the measure didn't go far enough to open up community care programs to more veterans, leaving most of them stuck in VA-managed care. Uh, so an interesting dynamic is is brewing in the Senate right now, and, and uh, following uh, those concerns, Senator Moran as well as Senator McCain uh, introduced their own legislation. Uh, the cost would be pared down. Uh, there were some significant cost concerns re- regarding a, a caregiver's program that would extend uh, caregiver privileges to, to veterans of all eras. Mm. It added many billions of dollars to the to the price tag. It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with both the McCain uh, uh, Moran proposal, uh, right. the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee in terms of marking this up to uh, the Senate floor, if you will, to be considered for for final passage. The House has already passed their version, and, and for, for all of your listeners out there, you have to have two similar bills pass in both the House and the Senate. When those bills pass, they come to what is called conference, and right. conference is essentially where they hammer out the differences of consideration. And decide which one they'd prefer or which one, you know, you take this one, all right, we'll give you this, and then we'll take that, and those different. You got it. And so what's going on here is you actually have an alternate Senate proposal now on the floor. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how those differences are considered, if at all, um, if the Senate Veterans Affairs bill uh, that, that was marked up is the one that's considered, or if they do consider some of the, uh, if they consider the McCain-Moran bill, portions thereof, amend it. Um, all of those things are big questions right now that are out there and uh, will have to be dealt with in terms of passing some major VA reform. McCain and Moran, as you mentioned, the senators uh, from Arizona and Kansas, introducing legislation Monday about modernizing the VA health care system called the Veterans Community Care and Access Act of 2017. Give us the basics of that. If it goes through, if this ends up uh, getting to the next level, what does it per- what does it claim that it's going to do for as far as modernizing the service? Yeah, so there, there are some components in there that would require um, an increased uh, integration with with uh, private privatized healthcare. Again, the big the big cost sticker item is that it 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 takes away some of the items that were considered by the Senate Veterans Affairs Commi- Committee, most particularly uh, the items uh, with regards to uh, health uh, VA caregivers, uh, which which um, reduces the bill's cost by billions and billions of dollars. Uh, the McCain-Moran bill also would require VA to set up uh, a number of um, performance indicators uh, in, in within VA regarding their services mm-hmm. as to uh, ideally drive better healthcare outcomes. Uh, some opponents of the bill uh, would are, are concerned that those data points would be used to actually drive more healthcare into the private sector. Mm. 
Yeah, that it will. Interesting. A lot of concerns going along with veterans health care, how things are going to work. This discussion on the uh, the benefits of the VA versus the benefits of private health care. You know, we were talking to uh, Congressman Steve Pierce of New Mexico last week, and he has some concerns, particularly in an area like where he lives or like where you were uh, just uh, yesterday. I was going to say just this week, but it really was literally less than 24 hours ago. You were posting photos of you climbing mountains um, where people have to drive long distances to get there. Is it fair to treat them the same as people who live in uh, my home state of Connecticut, where from any point in the state, you can be at the VA hospital within an hour, hour and a half or something like that. And you can probably be at one of the other states' hospitals almost sure. as quickly or even more quickly, depending. Um, there are a lot of questions. It's going to be interesting to see uh, where that argument ends up. But it does seem that the veteran service organizations are pretty well aligned in what they think. The VFW, the Legion, um, AMVETS, uh, IAVA, they all seem to be uh, pretty keen on keeping the VA uh, around and keeping it as the major provider of health care for veterans. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. Now yeah. we're speaking. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, and I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head. There does seem to be some differences in terms of uh, nuances with the Senate proposals. Right. Um, you have the American Legion that came out, uh, as well as AMVETS, supporting this new McCain-Moran proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because they think that this is kind of a leaner uh, version of of getting to 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 uh, you know in, in changing the VA, if you will. Uh, whereas uh, the DAV and some of the other groups are, are supporting the SFAC proposal. IAVA is one of those as well. Um, so there are some differences and nuances, but I think you're hitting the nail on the head in that you know they all support a, a strong VA. Um, yeah. uh, I, I think that the, the happy middle ground, and I think you're right when we talk about rural, rural areas, is that you know there are, there are not big box VA medical center centers uh, everywhere no you know across the country especially once you get into those western states like arizona um, but you know you do have a va hospital in tucson you do have a va hospital in phoenix um, and the challenge becomes even if we get you know south to to you know Sonoida where i was and it's this you know town um is specialty care right but that's also true in the private sector yeah. right so even if we privatized it and we said okay you know, you, you don't have, you live in Sonoida, Arizona, you don't have to go to Tucson. Well, if you need to see cardiologists, guess what? I'll bet you still have to go to Tucson. Yeah, there could be, uh, that, that certainly is a factor there looking at, I mean, it, it's really that, that the great plains in Southwest region where you're going to run into these distance issues. I think of a state like Montana where someone could be hours and hours and hours away from any sort of medical care beyond just a physician who's in the town that they're in where but even in those cases you know i mean there's specialty care they're still gonna have to go to helena they're gonna have to go to bozeman they're gonna have to go to billings um you know but i think that that the middle ground where we really need to do a better job is uh you know primary care um and and those things where there is a doctor in town you know where there is somebody that's closer that makes it more convenient but then we also have to do a very good job of providing continuity of care for these veterans so that when I do go and see my local doctor in, in you know, two dot Montana, uh, it's actually where my grandmother's from. So you know, <laughs> most people don't even know. And, and I'm willing to bet there's probably not actually a do- doctor in two dot. But if there is a doctor in two dot, if I go see that doctor, that my primary care records somehow upload, ideally electronically, uh, directly to the VA so that when I do need to come in 
and see a cardiologist that he has those records readily available. That's called continuity of care. So we need to really do a better job of providing continuity of care, particularly when we're outsourcing uh, VA healthcare to the private sector. Right. We're speaking with the founder and CEO of HillVets, an organization working to make sure that veterans' voices are heard and that veterans are informed about what's going on on Capitol Hill. Now, Justin, did I read this right when I saw a uh, a list of uh, recent items for HillVets that you've gone vegan. I, I did. Yeah. Oh, you looked today, a little. Today. You looked a little weak and sickly. Well, that's 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 me. <laughs> that's me just getting back to DC five hours ago. That's what it was. What, what? What? So was this a uh, a health choice? Was it a uh, I don't know animal rights choice? There are various reasons that people choose to go vegetarian and vegan. Why you? Why now? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think it's it's a health and environmental choice. Mm. Um, and. I've been vegetarian for numerous years now, probably, I don't know, seven years. Right. Um, pescatarian, technically. So you eat fish? I, I did. I did eat fish. I yeah. did eat dairy. Um, you know, but just the more and more I read about, uh, you know, plant-based diets and, and the, the, the fact that, you know, there, there, there's pretty good literature in terms of the negative effects of, of both dairy as well as uh, fish, as well as meat. I've uh, just decided to go all in, and, and mm. we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm you know I'm a pretty stubborn person once I get started on something. So my guess is uh, it'll be this way for a while. But, right. Uh, you know, looking forward to it. It's a new change. Yeah, better and, you than uh, me. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and head off all my where are you going to get your protein questions. Uh, you know, yeah, like all pills or something. All protein starts with uh with 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 vegetables. So if you if you're if you're getting protein from an, an animal you're actually just uh you're you're you're, you're secondary secondarily uh intaking right base protein well and you're not like a power lifter or a martial artist where you don't need to be like huge ripped guy like that's that's not what you're doing so there's some, there's some huge ripped guys that are vegan so, yeah i don't you know, know i don't know I'll, I'll i'll take the you know in a fight i'll take the guy who's eating a lot of steaks so the guy okay. eating nothing but plants most days at least i do know actually some mma fighters that i'm familiar with who are uh See? Not See? not Look, vegan. They okay. won't go that okay. far, but they will do their their as you said, the pescatarian, the people who will eat yeah. fish and and deal with dairy and things like our, that. Although our, a lot our, of them try our, to cut dairy. Our, out. our biggest strongest animals are all vegan, for what it's worth. So rhinos, elephants, gorillas. Yeah, that's true. I suppose that is true. I mean, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Cows, bulls. Ever see what a bull does to a bullfighter when that bullfighter takes the wrong step? It's hilarious. <laughs> I can watch videos of that all day long. Um, but we've been speaking with Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hill Vets. I've also been seeing on social media uh, some posts about the Hill Vets fellowships, and you guys are still uh, looking for some people or looking for people for the next group of fellows, I should say, not still looking for people. But uh, we have about a minute left. So, what yeah, can you tell you people bet. about those Hill Vets we, fellowships? We have, a, we have a couple openings for our Hill Vets House Fellowship. Uh, we, we are looking for the the, the best and brightest veterans across the nation who want to continue serving their nation and government policy uh, or politics. And uh, check us out at hillvets.org. We, uh, you, you come out to D.C., we have housing available for our fellows. Uh, we've got a, a curriculum where we get you trained up on public policy, uh, the budget, appropriations, all of those fun things. And we, it's nonpartisan. We place you in a congressional um, either a congressional or Senate office with both uh, Democrats and Republicans. It's a great program, and, and thanks to all of those that support it, such as DAV and AMVETS. 
And of course, you can find out more about those and about what HillVets is doing and what they have to offer by visiting HillVets.org or finding them on social media where they are at HillVets. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.